Welcome to episode number 48 of the Four Animals for Earth podcast, Animal Welfare Media with Tom Cohen of Kibble Creative. People always say like, you know, well, stop doing X or stop doing Y or, you know, do this or buy an electric car or whatever it might be. I think if you just start to think openly and honestly about your place in the universe and the world and how everything impacts everything else, then you'll, you know, hopefully start to become a more aware person about the impact you're having. That was Tom joining me from Pacific Grove, California. Tom is an executive producer at Kibble Creative, and within Kibble Creative, they have a smaller subset called Animal Welfare Media, where they create videos and short films and documentaries to help various animal interest groups further their mission in the world. Tom is an extremely talented individual, you guys. He is a writer, a director, a producer. He has won multiple Emmy Awards, and he takes this skill set that he's gained over many years in the industry, and he uses it to help animals. I just think that that is so cool, and you all know I am on my journey. You know, I dream of finding a really good way to use the skills that I have picked up over the years to make a difference for animals. And I just was so excited to see what he's doing. And I know a lot of you feel the same way as me and you're looking for more ways to make a difference. So I think you will really love listening in on today's conversation. The simple idea for today's episode is to think. So sometimes we go through life in a routine, right? And we don't notice how what we are doing impacts other people and animals and the environment. So the idea that Tom shares with us today is to stop and think a few times a day and over time cultivate an awareness of the impact that we as an individual are having on the universe. So please hit follow or subscribe. And if you're not on our email list, come join us. You can do that at fouranimalsforearth.com slash email list. And for today's show notes, which include the behind the scenes video interview that I did with Tom, go to fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 47. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. I started out um, in New York actually as a comedian, comedy writer, and performer. A lot of stuff on stage, a lot of sketch comedy, improv, and it kind of quickly became clear that uh, it would probably be better for me instead of trying to pursue a comedy career to actually get into more like TV and film production. So I ended up working at MTV um, and Nickelodeon and VH1 and the whole Viacom set of networks as a producer and writer and director. I actually appeared in a couple of shows on air, but that was pretty brief. Um, and then from there, I ended up doing a bunch of stuff for History Channel and Discovery. I worked on the show Cash Cab, which was a game show on Discovery. I was the showrunner and executive producer of, the, of that show for um, like 440 episodes. And we won three Emmys for it, which was very cool. And at a certain point, so I did all this TV stuff. And at the same time, I started working in 
uh, for clients to do short films. And, you know, I kind of morphed into more short form stuff, especially when the internet kind of took off, I was able to transition into more short form film and content, writing, producing, directing, developing short films and videos um, for organizations. And at the same time, on a, like a parallel track, I've always been a, a, a really big animal advocate ever since I was a kid. So at a certain point, I decided that it would make a lot of sense for me to try to merge those two interests, like film and video production and TV production, and my interest in animal welfare. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I could actually launch a production company that would focus specifically on doing content for animal welfare organizations or issues. Um, the short answer is not really. I mean, you, you know, I've been doing really well, but I supplement it with other projects because there's not a ton of, as everyone knows, there's not an incredible amount of money in the animal welfare industry or field. So, but it's a passion. These, a lot of these are passion projects. Um, and so I've been able to come up with really creative, clever, and interesting ways to make film and video that advocates for animals. So it started out doing stuff for uh, Humane Society. Um, I did a couple of videos for PETA um, and then branched out to 20 or 25 organizations. It might even be more than that at this point. Um, I just did a project for Compassion and World Farming. So anything that touches on uh, factory farming, domestic animal advocacy, wildlife, ocean. I did a, a film for Oceana um, about marine life. So anything that I can do creatively to come up with ideas, concepts in the film and video and visual media realm that can really get people to get interested in an issue or donate money or advocate themselves and sort of spark an interest in, in the viewer. So it's run the gamut from animation to live action. We've done a bunch of stuff, stunts. We have high concept stuff that I can talk about. So it's really just coming up with creative, interesting ways to tell the world about animal issues. I think it's it's so cool how diverse what you do is. And I would recommend that people who are listening visit your website, which is animal animalwelfaremedia.com, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, so there's, right, animalwelfaremedia.com. I also, my umbrella production company is called Kibble Creative, like kibble as in dog food. Um, so it's kibblecreative.com. And within kibblecreative.com, you'll see all the other work I've done. And there's also a tab for animal welfare media. So you can click that way. Okay, perfect. So that's probably the easiest place to go. And then yeah. once um, once people see the animal welfare media site, you can see you have a very easy list of all of these different charities that you've helped and you can click on it and see the videos. And you know what's amazing is the diversity of the videos that you've done, but also just as a resource to find people to support. I was right. looking at that and I was thinking, wow, this is like such a great way to discover new organizations to support. So yeah, there's I recommend. Some obscure, yeah, some relatively obscure groups that have come to me. Like I did a film for Sea Otter Savvy, which is a group in California that advocates for sea otter welfare. And I've done a film for for um, Humane Farming Association, and I've done film for Mutual Rescue, which is an organization also in California that advocates for um, dog and cat rescue and adoption. And um, they make their own films, which is an interesting twist. But so yeah, so a lot of different groups. You've really tapped into a medium that I think is extremely helpful for these organizations. I know that friends of mine who are running, you know, wildlife rescues and rehabs, you know, you're 
in way over your head, just in the daily demands of everything that you're doing. But there's this increasing pressure to be marketing and connecting to people and doing social media. And, you know, it's just like how in the world do you balance it all? And you're able to offer something that um, can really take that off their plate and help them like really professionally market what they're doing. And kind of in this short film space. So is most of what you do or is all of what you do kind of focused in this short film space? And how do you decide um, what kind of approach you're taking or what you're aiming for in a video? Like what kind of action you want people to take at the Right. End? Yeah. So it really varies depending on the, you know, um, I call them clients and to, to a certain extent, they're partners in terms of trying to get this messaging out. But um, it depends on what we're trying to achieve. So there's a, so I've done a three, uh, the last three years I've done films for Compassion and World Farming. They're an amazing organization. They have um, international presence and they specifically advocate, I mean, it kind of goes without saying from their name, but they advocate for factory farm, for farm animals and trying to reduce our consumption of factory farm animals. Um, they're a very even handed organization and they're not heavy handed. So we've come up with a lot of really creative ways to sort of market their message or to create a short film in a, in a clever way. So a couple of years ago, we did a film um, called How to Roast a Chicken, and it was a comedy roast. So it wasn't like roasting a chicken, but it was actually, you know, the Comedy Central comedic roasts. So we actually had a chicken on a stool at a comedy club, and we had comedians roasting, quote unquote, the chicken, saying, you know, oh, you're so you're so ridiculous looking, like kind of just making fun of the chicken. And at the end, all the comedians were able to hold the chicken and, not, and you know, none of them have ever actually held a live chicken. And so they were all just amazed by this animal that we've been eating for, for centuries and suddenly sort of connecting with it on a personal level. So we came up with that. I came up with that idea to sort of advocate for chickens specifically. And that's the campaign they were trying to get out there. We also did a, um, uh, I just did an animated film for them where we introduced their new sustainability app that they're launching called Evaluate Your Plate, which is sort of you can enter the food you're eating and it'll tell you what your impact is on the environment and the planet and the animals. So we did a really clever animated, fun animated thing that I supervise with an animating team that I work with. So we, so, so my, my production company will come up with a creative idea if they come to me and say, we want to do uh, a perfect example is um, Canadian Coalition for Farm Animals was interested in doing a film that talked about the transportation of factory farm animals in Canada. They have these giant trucks that they take animals on and they're not refrigerated or heated. So in Canada, when it gets super, super cold, all these animals are being transported in these giant trucks and they're all freezing to death. There's no real compassion for the actual transportation process when an animal is being brought to slaughter. So, you know, it's bad enough they're being brought to their their slaughter, but then even on the way, they're sort of subjected to heat and cold and these trucks are not suitable, right? So we did a film. So I came up with this idea to do a film where we have a couple shopping for a new car at a car lot and they're super obsessed with the comforts in the car. Like, oh, it has heated seats and it's got dual air conditioning, and then we intercut that with the animals in a truck that are freezing to death and are overheated to sort of just point out, like, we're really, really worried about how we, how comfortable we are in our vehicles, but we don't care about how animals are. So 
coming up with creative ideas like that, where it's not just saying, oh, animals are suffering, you know, let's just show animals suffering and say, hey, we need your help. Let's come up with an idea for a film that's sort of funny or clever that can advocate in a different way and still get the point across. And then at the end, please, you know, contact your representative or give us money to help us fight this cause. So that's kind of the approach we take. I love how you just explained all of that because it made me realize that one of the things that I personally really liked about what you do when I was looking through everything was that you, um, you do come up with all of these creative ways to approach what, what is a very, very difficult topic of conversation. And, you know, I, throughout my years in this space, I have struggled with that kind of same thing where what's happening out there is so shocking mm. that you feel like you, you need to share it because people don't know what's happening. But at the same time, you don't want to be the person out there constantly sharing the things that, lodge into people's brains and then they're like, I can't take it anymore and shut off. Right. And, so yeah, we try yeah. to like when we show footage of animal suffering, which is really at the root of what we're trying to stop um, is, you know, if you show footage of it, we tend to try to do it in like really short little snippets to sort of suggest and almost shock, but like really quickly and not the goal is not to get people to feel uncomfortable or so uncomfortable that they're like, they they don't feel compelled to help because it just feels hopeless or it feels too sad or shocking. It, the, the real goal is to say, okay, here's a, here's a production company or producers and working with an organization that wants in a clever way to tell you about something that you may not know about. Like when we did a film for um, Humane Farming Association, they were advocating for, uh, or trying to educate people about this USDA um, subsidy that farmers get, even if they neglect their animals, and if even if they're they lose thousand cows or sheep or whatever or pigs because of their own neglect, like they left them out in a cold snap or just something that the you know was done to um, not look out for the welfare of animals, they get reimbursed. So the taxpayers ultimately are paying for this um, this subsidy. And not taking into account that you know there could be more humane ways of treating animals. So we went out on in Times Square. We had a guy dressed as Uncle Sam walking around collecting money for dead livestock. And people were like, "It was like, can I get money for dead livestock?" And people were like, "It was a very guerrilla style. Like no one knew we were there." The guy's walking around with a bucket, and then he's sitting down with tourists in Times Square and explaining, "Hey, did you know that your tax money is going for this crazy thing?" And oh man, that's messed up. I didn't realize that. So. That was just our idea and sort of a way to explain that that kind of arcane, interesting, unknown thing that's happening. And by interesting, I mean interesting, like, oh, that's interesting that's happening. I don't I don't really like that. So so we had to come up with a way to sort of express that without getting too technical or in the weeds or getting too depressing, right, about the subject. Yeah, like that's gotta be a tough balance because you want to evoke emotion but not so much emotion that people shut down. That's yeah. 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 It's a, as a film producer and a TV writer and a comedian, like all those things together, my brain tends to try to go to an interest. And there, 
there are definitely other ones that are much more straightforward. Like when we did, when we talk about Oceana, we did a film for International Bird Rescue. It was just introducing them, talking about the work they do and how important it is and how they're out there fighting for these things that we all love, birds and the ocean. And those are much more straightforward. And it talks about the mission of the organization because it felt right for those groups and what they were doing. And then there are other things that require a little bit more of a clever um, twist or conceit or high concept. Um, th we did a film for Humane Society uh, about the way um, battery cages for animals, they're all crammed, animals are crammed into these cages in super tight quarters, they can't even turn around. So we rented out an elevator at this big prestigious office building in Washington DC. We got like 18 extras, actors, to keep cramming into this elevator, one after the other, one after the other, hitting all the floors, they're all crammed in, they can't even move, and then the elevator just breaks and it just stops and it turns from color to black and white and everyone's in there and the elevator won't move and they're hitting the button and nothing's happening and they're starting to freak out. And then we flash some you know, footage of chickens crammed together and we say like, what if the elevator never started again? That's what it's like for some of these animals. So trying to give it a more human slash creative, interesting take to try to explain to people that may not know, this is what's happening. You know, take a minute of your day to help educate people about this. I would imagine that you've learned a lot of new things just being involved in this, just like everybody who's ultimately watching the videos. A lot of the videos you've just described, I'm thinking, you know, these are facts that are such detailed facts about what happens that mm -hmm. that the vast majority of people, this has never even crossed their mind. For you, has it been the same way? Have you learned new things by being involved in this? And has it impacted or changed anything in your life by being involved and in working with these different groups? It's definitely given me a couple, well, a couple of things. It's definitely given me an appreciation for the work that some of these organizations are doing. And there is definitely a, and I've also learned in sort of a, um, I think actually one of the, the things that was I was most surprised about in doing this work is that there's a lot of politics within the animal welfare community. Um, and there are some groups that, and all these different organizations are all vying for donations or for um, members or whatever it might be. And so I've come across this sort of political vibe or political dynamic that exists between some groups. Some groups are looked at as, oh, they're not really working in the right way, or they're doing X, Y, and Z, and we're super militant, and we believe in complete and utter veganism. And if you're not a vegan, you're not an animal welfare advocate. And there are other groups that are much more, um, they have a lighter touch about it. And they're sometimes at loggerheads, some of the groups, and they don't like this group, or this group doesn't like that group. I, I stay out of that because I just want to do good work for organizations that are helping animals. And I don't get into the weeds of who's, you know, looked at as a, you know, better organization than another organization. So that's been a surprise to learn that element of it. Uh, in terms of specific issues, I mean, I've definitely didn't realize all the different ways that groups are advocating for animals there or for the environment or for um, nature. I mean, there's, so many different approaches and so many different issues that like this group, Compassionate World Farming with the, you know, they're 
you know, really, really interested in, in advocating for chickens because chickens are sort of just in pure numbers. And in terms of like being a, an animal that doesn't have the charisma that other animals have, I think they tackle it from that approach because if, you know, if you get to know a chicken as an individual animal, it changes the way you feel about all animals. So that's been interesting to learn about the ways that different organizations approach their work and having to work on a project with an organization for a month or a month and a half gets me involved in the way they work. I mean, on a more of a kind of like a smaller level, I don't get into the details of a lot of stuff in a group, but just in terms of their creative mindset, um, they all have a different way of approaching the world and their advocacy. Yeah, I would imagine that's a, a pretty cool thing to see because you can kind of form even in your mind, like this, this is kind of what I think seems effective or not, you know, even just within your own mind. But yeah, I was thinking about, as you were saying, the, the politics and the, um, the kind of arguing, that's something that shocked me a lot too about the animal welfare world. I think when I first came into it, I... Um, maybe had on maybe a little Pollyanna, but I was like, everybody loves the animals and everybody's right. working together. And you realize that I think because these are such passionate topics, everyone has like their conviction of what is the best way to deal with it and move forward. And so inevitably you end up with these disagreements. And I love how you said, you know, um, you just stay out of it. And what's cool is you have found a way to help and be somewhat neutral, but still really dig into what everybody's doing and learn about it and figure out a unique way to make a difference with them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I can, you know, it, 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 if there's a body of work that I've done for organizations, it kind of evens out, if that makes sense. It's not like I'm working for one organization and I'm just in, enmeshed in that point of view. If I'm doing 25 or 30 different films or videos, then the entire body will move the needle forward in terms of helping animals. And even if one group is not as, you know, effective as another group, Ultimately, in the big picture, just doing all this work and having that stuff out there hopefully will help the overall cause. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, like even as you said the word effective, and I think that this is something we all naturally do, we look at various metrics and, you know, KPIs and indicators about how effective are the things that we do. But for me personally, I have been continuing to try to remind myself that I don't ultimately know how effective something is because you don't know how many people you touch. You don't know, like of every single one of those little videos out there, you don't know like who watched it and then went and talked to their friends about mm. it. And, you know, it's like this, this ripple effect that in reality, any of us working in this type of work, we don't know really how effective we are. So we just have to focus on doing what we can, right. And promoting as much as we can. And um, yeah, so I, I've yeah, found I mean, that it, same thing it, with me. Yeah. It's, it's um, I, I don't, I mean, I'm interested in how well these videos do, quote unquote, how well they do in terms of how many people see them or whether they achieve the goal of the organization. But to a large extent, I sort of stay out of that part of it because what I'm trying to do is make interesting, compelling short films that I think are are well produced, 
they're, they have great um, editing and shooting. Like I'm, I'm worried about the production stuff and, and I, as a producer and a creative person, I wanna make sure that the films are, are good little films or good little videos. And in terms of whether they, a million people see it or 25 people see it at the end of the day, as long as I think it's a good effective um, tool, then then I'm happy with the work. You know what I mean? I, I, th there's um, there are some organizations that just have a better, not better, but a broader reach. Um, you know, there are obviously like your PETAs and your humane societies. They have millions of people that follow what they do versus smaller groups that don't. So you're just going to inevitably have more people seeing the videos that they put out. But um, but I don't look at it in terms of that as so much as even a small group. We make a film, we wanna make it great and interesting and compelling, even if 30 people are gonna see it. I think that's just a really good piece of advice for all of our creators out there because I think that um, a lot of people who do follow for Animals for Earth do it because it's a passion for them mm -hmm. and it's something they're doing on the side and they're using their creativity to help in whatever way they can. And I think that's just a really good piece of advice to remember to focus on putting out good quality stuff and trusting that it's reaching where it needs to go. Um, Something I like to ask everybody who comes on the show is to share with us one simple idea that comes to your head of something that people could do to help animals and the environment right now or in their daily lives. One simple thing. I mean, the first thing that popped in my head is just to think. Like, I know that seems like a simple sort of strange thing to say, but, um, you know, we we have routines as people and we have... Um, we, you know, we have a way of going about our lives almost like, um, not robotic, but sometimes we just do things because we're doing them and we don't necessarily always think about the impact that some small thing that we do might have. So if you, if you're able to think about the bigger picture and think about the world and think about other people and, and animals and, and, and nature and the environment at least like once or twice a day, just think about it. And, and then I think you'll, it'll change your mind. You'll change your brain so that you start to think about that more regularly. It doesn't, you know, I, 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 people always say like, you know, well, stop doing X or stop doing Y or, you know, do this or buy an electric car or whatever it might be. I think if you just start to think openly and honestly about your place in the universe and the world and how everything impacts everything else, then you'll, you know, hopefully start to become a more aware person about the impact you're having. I, yeah, I definitely agree. I think, um, I mean, I've noticed it in my own life over the years, the more that I noticed and the more I tried to be present of thinking about how is what I'm doing right now affecting, you know, um, that little ant that I'm stepping over instead of stepping on or that, you know, leaf that I'm, you know, nurturing instead of pulling off. I don't know, you know, but it's just. Yeah. Well, it's like, if you see, like we, we have, and we have a, um, a six-year-old son. And, and so when we have an ant or a spider in the house or a fly, we don't kill it. I mean, there's no reason to, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, it makes no sense to kill an animal in your house if you can get outside and it's not hurting you. Like we take spiders, we put them on a piece of paper, we bring them outside or we try not to step on an ant or there's just, it's, I think that's kind of like a small thing you can do, but it also just starts to seep into your mind that, oh, I can 
be compassionate. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, it's so true because I do think like our instinct, like, I, I mean, I grew up learning to kill a bug when I see a bug. And then now we do the same thing and like, you know, right. run it outside. And I think um, just seeing every living being as a living being goes so far, right? Except maybe mosquitoes. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's that's one of these things that's kind of like, you know, you start to get into this met this philosophical territory when you start talking about mosquitoes and and you know things that can carry disease and yeah. So it's you know there is some context. I think part of what people don't, and this is a broader conversation that I would I would love to have with, but it's a longer conversation. But just the. We've, I feel like we, as people, we've almost lost the ability to process context to a certain extent and everything, even in, particularly in politics where, oh, well, this person said this, now they're saying this, so they're a hypocrite. Or this person did that and this other person did a similar thing and so they're both equally as bad. Um, and it goes for any issue, but like everything has a context. So being able to understand the context of what you're doing, if you're a person who eats meat, you know, there's no reason why you can't also be an animal advocate. If you understand where the meat's coming from and you have an understanding of like how you can maybe reduce it or do once a week or whatever it is that you can do, um, you don't have to be all or nothing. Everything has a context and there's nuance. So if you're able to understand these things and think it through, then every little thing you do can start to make a difference. I would so love to have this deeper conversation as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love these conversations, which yeah. you know, maybe maybe we could do it as a follow up, or we could do right, a clubhouse right. or something. Um, I just have this. I'm, I don't know. I have this weird obsession with context because I feel like, and the media doesn't help a lot of times where they have people on and they talk about, well, you know, you do this, so you can't be a good person, and you know, well, maybe it was, especially now with this idea that you know, when you say something, it comes back to haunt you or whatever it is, and there's always a context and. You look into the context, and if you understand the context, you can then assess what the rea proper reaction should be. And so it's true with animal welfare, too. I mean, if you, you know, people, every group needs to put their work in context, and everyone has to understand the context of what they're working in. And, and you know, PETA and other groups all, often get sort of a, um, they have, people have visceral reactions to the work that PETA does, or groups like that. And certainly, there's a context behind every issue that they advocate for um, and to look deeper into it and understand where they're coming from on certain things will help you understand the issues as opposed to just having a visceral reaction to the overall picture. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and I think it's very needed right now in our world and growing even more needed every single day. Right, right. Um, so the best way for people to contact you if they'd like to get in touch with you. Yeah. So if you go to kibblecreative.com, um, you can message me through that website or animal welfare media. There's also a contact, um, tab or form, um, or I can just, um, you know, give you my email, which is tom.cohen at kibblecreative.com. So that's my name, tom.cohen at kibblecreative.com. Just send me an email if you're interested in talking about anything animal related or if you want to, you know, maybe you want to talk about making a short film or video. Um, I'm happy to bounce ideas off of you and we can talk about what, what you're interested in and what you might want to do. 
much fun is Tom's work. Oh my goodness, you guys. I hope you go check out the videos. I have linked every uh, organization and video that he talked about in today's episode in the show notes. So a reminder, those are at fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 47. My favorite video is the one that he did for the Humane Society with the elevator. It is just uh, so compelling and so moving. So I just absolutely love that video. So if you're only going to check out one, go see that. Go check out what he is doing. Uh, As always, I would love to hear from you if you're listening. So come find me on Instagram and DM me at 4animals4earth. I'm also slowly upping my game on Clubhouse. So we have been hosting some deeper conversations, kind of what uh, Tom and I started to breach in this conversation over on Clubhouse. Every week we get together and so far it's just been a small, intimate group group talking about different topics within the realm of sustainability, animal welfare, the environment, uh, humans, basically talking about the interaction of where all of those meet and what we can do better as human beings. It's really thought provoking. It's really been giving my brain a little boost every week and, you know, allowing me to grow and push my, um, I guess, just boundaries of thinking. So I've really enjoyed it. I would love to have you come over there and join us as well. I'm also going to be bringing on guests soon. So Tom, I am going to try to get on there and some of our other past podcast podcast guests so that we can continue the conversations that we had and and take them even further and deeper and you can be a part of the conversation too so that's all happening on clubhouse find me there at brandy h montague or join the club for animals for earth if you're not on clubhouse but you're wanting to be come over and dm me on instagram at for animals for earth and we'll help figure out how to get you on to clubhouse all right if you enjoyed the show please leave a rating or a review on Apple. If you're not listening on Apple, please tell a friend. Word of mouth is by far the easiest way for us to grow and spread the word, right? So your friend can access any major streaming platform, including our YouTube channel, if they prefer to watch things by video at 4 slash podcast. Okay, my lovely friend, it was so nice hanging out with you today and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.